moment that we have left. Right. We want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand. Let's get the show on the road. Yeah, let's do this. Look in my eyes, what do you see? The cult of personality. What's going on guys, my name is Elden Hero and welcome to episode 52 of the Midnight Hour. I'm joined today by my original co-host Jack. Woo! That's how he introduces himself, that's what it was. I yep. knew there was yep. an intro. Yep, you'd really think that after all this time I'd have figured out what to say, but nope. <laughs> at, this, at this point me not knowing what to say is what I say. That's the truth, so. yeah. You could hear the panic signal yeah. sent to your brain. <laughs> as soon as you start the podcast, my mind goes blank and I panic. Emit a high-pitched noise. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Cheer for yourself. Do it. It's that's not weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excellent. So here we are for episode fifty-two. I think what seems to be happening is we're gonna try and do an episode fortnightly and. What I think you guys should do is listen on SoundCloud because the more people who go there means like the more I can channel the podcast towards SoundCloud because to put it into perspective, it's so much easier to actually record, edit, and then upload to SoundCloud. Like to upload to YouTube, you have to render, which takes like 45 minutes to an hour, and then to actually upload, depending on the internet and the processing and everything, can take three to three and a half hours. So, um,. I recommend listening to SoundCloud, and this episode is exclusive to SoundCloud because of time constraints. So, today, we're talking about cults. Yeah. And a lot of people will say, oh, Scientology, all religion, in fact, because cynicism yeah. towards religion is very popular nowadays, and it is cool, mm. and... What's the? It's it's like it's seen as a very um, clever thing to sort of. It's. Uh, I, I think I think I'd like to say that we've grown out of it now, um, but it, it's it's very um, kind of characteristic of edgy teenage boys. For sure. Yeah. Um, being ah oh, fuck religion, religion's bullshit. Yeah. Uh, look at how stupid you are, but I, I've it's gotten to the point where I respect people of devout faith as long as they don't do anything fucking stupid. For sure, yeah. Like, about I, it, like... I, I think, I just, I don't know why you wouldn't be like that. Like, I know people who, if you said, like, for God's sake, they'd be like, God isn't real. Like, yeah. fuck off with that shit. <laughs> but anyway, it's... 
Yeah. Yeah, it's it just yeah. Okay. Mm. This that's a different topic for another day. Yeah, we'll come back to that at some yeah. point. Um so a cult is defined as a particular system of religious worship, especially with reference to its rites and ceremonies, which makes sense if you think mm. of a cult in its most traditional sense, you're probably imagining people all dressed in the same colour, gathered mm-hmm. around something. Mm-hmm. Um they do definitely emphasize rites and ceremonies and that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, whereas a religion is a cultural system of behaviors and practices, worldviews, ethics, and social organization that relate mm. to humanity to an order of existence. So, mm. yeah, like I, I can see like those definitions are kind of similar in a way, but a yeah. cult definitely has a defined difference to religion. Mm-hmm. I think you could even simplify it even more by saying that cult a cult is generally kind of the worship of a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, that's really that's really very broad, but you know, it is usually, and especially in a lot of the ones that we'll be talking about, I think you'd agree is that it's it's based, it's led by a one, maybe in some circumstances two people, and there's kind of this you know very channeled thing where they are the leader and they are. Everything you know. that they say goes. Yeah. Whereas with yeah, religion, basically. you have prophets and different mm-hmm. scholars and uh, different books written by different people at different times. Like, I mean, the mm-hmm. Bible spans, I don't know how many hundreds of years. Just uh, Yeah, thousands old. even. Yeah. yeah. So it is interesting that cults always, always follow one person. I mean, you said sometimes two. I can't off the top of my head think of one that follows two people. Um, uh, Heaven's Gate, I, th- I believe, is oh, two right. people. Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, yeah, the two of those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but other than that, I, I think the that Ugandan one may have followed more than one. Yeah, may have been a small group. But yeah. Yeah, gener- I think generally speaking, and especially the ones that we'll be talking about anyway. In the most sort of... Um, not cliche, but it seems as though in most circumstances, or at least the cults that attract the most amount of attention from the media... Um, and just in general, tend to be ones that are headed mm. by a charismatic person who mm. oftentimes expresses outlandish and crazy beliefs, but seems to have a skill mm. and an ability to simplify them and yeah. convince other people of them, or at least put them in such a convincing manner mm. that it seems as though it makes sense. Which I think has to be like a legit talent, right? Like to be able to yeah. do that. Like they don't just make that shit up as it comes. Like you have to come up with a teaching or a practice yeah. that you know penetrates people's minds in a captivating mm-hmm. way and that's not just saying gibberish sometimes like it has to be something that means something to someone yeah otherwise it doesn't work so that's... yeah and i think yeah like you know um just before getting people into their cult and then but then once once people are in their cult i think that it becomes easier to kind of it's difficult to establish a belief in the leader, but then once it's established, I think it's quite easy to maintain. Yeah, I think you're right. As it yeah. were, it's it's a lot, it's um, a lot harder to break once it's been yeah, cemented, established. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That that, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a perception too, though. It's just something that I would imagine is mostly true because if you think about it, it's kind of the same thing with religion, where like it's really hard to let go of the like the clutches of mm-hmm. a, a belief that. It, in a lot of ways is actually pathologically programmed in your brain is something yeah. that you should like um 
people have a natural instinct to believe in something greater. So once mm -hmm. that's channeled towards one thing, it can be very difficult to actually shake. Mm. Um, cults are often... Did you actually notice while you were researching this that cults tend to have a very strong tie with Christianity and certain branches of Christianity? I didn't know that before, but looking, doing you know, all the research, looking at these lists of the most infamous cults and stuff like that, and... It did it always seem to be like the phrase or a similar phrase to is an offshoot of Christianity. Yeah, this branch. It's just like, yeah, this branch of radical Christianity or this branch of various parts of Christian. So I don't know what it is about Christianity that uh, I suppose the coming of the, the next Messiah Do you think, seems uh, to be at the end of the world. Those are the two that seem to maybe Christianity is not compatible with our Western culture and uh, Christians should be apologizing for the acts of Christian extremists and yes, Christians should yes. have a badge. Christians should go back to where they came from. That's what I think. I, I just, yes. like, I have friends who are Christians, but I just am not comfortable with the idea of lots of Christians coming into my country I... and practicing their faith. I would feel a lot safer if they, they were all li they were on a list. I would feel a lot safer if they were all on a list. If they just had to identify themselves, yeah, you know, with a badge or you know something mm. like that, and a brand on their forehead, yeah, something, yeah. Like if they didn't all congregate in a church and wear those cloaks and those veils yeah. and and those hats and. <laughs> if they didn't drink wine and claim that it's the yeah I mean I just think yeah. Christianity uh, no no nah, yeah what we did there by the way that's good what we just yeah did. yeah that was that was great uh, although it might go over the heads of some people I think so yeah <laughs> what the fuck Christianity is the Western world <laughs> <laughs> um while we were talking there about um cults and their sort of uh, the the foundations of them revolving mm. around rites and uh, and ceremonies and stuff. I actually just got to thinking one cult that I can't recall having any particular leader uh, is is the Ku Klux the Ku Klux Klan. Mm. When you said about you know people being a uh, you know cults usually being in a uh, one dressed in one color around a specific object or something, I was thinking yes, dressed all in white and in front of a burning cross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that's a serious yeah. ceremony to like um, that's still KKK yeah. still do that today. Yeah. It's cr like there there was a time the KKK for people who don't know were originally um a, a huge religious sort of group like um they were extremist right-wing Christians who mm. believed in I, I I don't even know if you would call it the fundamental Christian teachings or whatever. But they were originally founded in the 1800s, and there was a time when they had literally millions of members. Um, they hated uh, anyone who wasn't white Protestant, and they would like mm -hmm. commit atrocities and, and all sorts of like just terrorist attacks on these types of groups, um, particularly like just trying to scare these people away from their towns and trying to maintain a white Protestant presence in their towns and villages. Um, all these, like, obviously everyone knows the KKK wear the white robes mm -hmm. and everything. Those originally come from, um, 
a like those are originally religious robes, and you still they still wear them in religious ceremonies. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing that when I was yeah. in Spain, there was like a religious sort of parade thing on. But yeah, the KKK once had millions of members, and they do the thing around the burning cross, and they they carry those um, the torches, you know, the the burning torches, not like flashlights. Um, like serious hmm. serious cult vibes from the KKK they're probably one of the original cults in the form that we know them I mean there's obviously been tons hmm. of ancient cults and cults in the ancient world and stuff but the KKK um, yeah like serious extremist yeah. right wing Christian group yeah I, I've um, I've just been reading about the Ku Klux Klan it actually goes a lot further back than like there's three periods of the Klan as it were as Klu Klux, as the Klu Klux Klan, um, and I mean, it started during the um, the American Revolution back in like eighteen sixty five. Yeah, that's right. Um, American Revolution is that right? It's the Civil War, what you would. Yeah, call it. yeah. Um, I mean, it started back in eighteen sixty five, and then there's kind of been three periods of you know strong kind of ideals of the Klan, and you know the Klan we know today is quite different to. It's a lot different. Yeah, I mean there was a lot of there was a lot of um, racism in the first clan. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, it's not quite. It wasn't quite the uh, the terrorist. I mean, it's been described. The current Ku Klux Klan has been described as a terrorist organization, which possibly a little extreme, but they are fairly extreme in themselves, I suppose. So. I would- be comfortable enough to call them a terrorist organization well mm. orga- i mean organization is a word applied to things that generally have order but like people think mm. about the taliban and you know how every week after bin laden died there would be stuff like this new guy is appointed leader of the taliban yeah. there was no fucking leader of the taliban it's, it's like the ira like they don't actually have yeah. different sort of they don't actually have a leader they have small pods that operate almost independently of one another yeah but they with no the mainstream same... leader yeah, mantra like, yeah. That, yeah, so that type of thing. And I, I know, right, that I know there's a lot of Irish people that listen to this podcast and are going to call me on the IRA and say, no, actually, like, listen, there's been tons of different variations of the IRA. I'm talking yeah. about So just leave that be. <laughs> but um, yeah. the KKK had this sort of, uh, to, to themselves, in, in their belief, they were these white knights, no pun intended, mm. who were yeah. saving villages from being taken over by, like, that little... Um, sort of joke we did about Christianity not being compatible with the Western world obviously mm-hmm. is a playoff people saying that about Islam back in the early 1900s and late 1800s people were saying that about like the the blacks like oh mm-hmm. they can't assimilate with like they're not the same as us stuff like that and yeah. the KKK were these heroic white knights who were not afraid of of uh, public opinion and and they would come yeah. and save the towns by burning and hanging and lynching people and mm. there is actually there's a movie called Birth of a Nation. Have you ever heard of it? Because you've done film no. study. It, it's it's widely right. If you go on its IMDb page right now, I don't mm-hmm. know what it has, but I think it will be somewhere in the region of an eight to a nine. Like it'll have a very 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 high score. Um, a 1915 film. Yeah, 1915. Yeah, Birth of a yes, Nation. Yeah. What what's its score? Uh, only six point eight. Six point eight, really? Oh, it used mm. to have a much higher one. Um, I bet it's got thousands and thousands of ratings though. Uh, yeah, like sixteen thousand. Yeah, well, like originally it would have had um, a really, really high score because there's this. Basically, in that movie, um, black people are portrayed as like 
not quite monkeys, but like really mm-hmm. evil, evil, like animalistic, like cannibals and rapists. Yeah. The KKK are the heroes in that movie, <sighs> and they turn up on their horses and everything. There's actually a huge movement, um, like from skinheads and white supremacists, actually claim that Birth of a Nation is a movie that invented a certain style of cinema technique, which is why I'm surprised that you haven't heard of it. Mm. Well, not really because of its nature, but um, <laughs> yeah, supposedly there are movie techniques and and just filming methods used in that that were never used before, and it kind of pioneered cinema for its era. Mm. Don't know how true that is. A lot of uh, <laughs> white supremacist propaganda can be out there and mm. uh, they can make bold claims and stuff yeah. but yeah the KKK that was their original sort of mantra and I guess yeah. to completely um, to completely go against what we said earlier or contradict what we said earlier um, they didn't seem to have a major leader I, I guess no. for the KKK it was more the obvious public uh, rebellion yeah. against but- and, you know, also, you know, saying the um, the wearing of the capes and the um, capes, like the uh, the cloaks and the hoods and stuff like that, it was all designed to, you know, conceal the identity. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. So not having a figurehead leader kind of makes sense yeah. if it's kind of this, uh, you know, it's kind of this headless body of people. Even like you know, the, the faceless, grand, as it were. So Grand Wizard would just wear a red yeah. robe. And- stuff that actually that anonymity the reason that they wore all those robes what you said is to conceal their face it's also Mm -hmm. like a terror technique and the fact that it could be anybody fear and yeah yeah exactly so um yeah i guess yeah major cult we didn't even talk about them at all no no yeah we didn't talk about that in the pre-show at all yeah that's pretty fucked up but um do you want to i don't want to move into the heavier ones just yet (laughs) I feel like it's inevitable that we're going to get there relatively is. quickly. I, um, you go with one of yours, and we will uh, we will segue like we always do. Into do you want to talk real quick about some of the um, some of the techniques that some people want to know about that um, cults can use to get you kind of sucked in? Ooh. Because I think some of them are really like cults are cults portrayed as these kind of. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to put it quite into words, but these kind of very sinister, kind of sitting around in a dungeon in a circle, humming almost satan, like satanic. Yeah, uh, yeah. You like know, Ouija board sort of. Yeah, Ouija board kind of shit, but realistically, um, to drag you in and to get you to trust them, cults are all about positivity, energy, um, excitement. Like all of like, they really don't come across as these kind of sinister, darker kind of things. Like, you know, there's a lot of... um, I won't go into it now, but Charles Manson and his family were big on LSD and magic mushrooms, and they'd basically just go out into the desert and trip. That's basically how it started. Yeah. That's a really dumbed-down version, but... Yeah. And that um, that actually, the the whole LSD thing and hallucinogens mm. in general, that's a almost common technique with uh, certain cult Mm -hmm. leaders... Um, it yeah. definitely ties into the whole Manson thing. Like I know mm-hmm. that if you think about him and what he was about, that's definitely something that will come to your mind immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, if you've ever had a Jehovah's Witness come to your door, like mm-hmm. you'll notice it's really fucking hard to piss those people off. Oh yeah, they they are hell bent. Zen. Hell bent <laughs> is definitely yeah. the wrong thing to use <laughs> when talking or about the a religion. One. Or the correct one, you know. <laughs> yeah. True. 
Um, um, but they are determined to project like this. Oh, that's okay. Oh, any like you, you know, it, it's really good customer service in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it, and, yeah. and I'm sure probably a lot of people listening to this will have been approached at some point in their life by what may or may not be a cult leader. Like you've definitely mm-hmm. been approached by a member of a religion who's tried to recruit you before. Mm-hmm. That has happened to me countless times. It, it happened yeah. to me once in Glasgow. These two American guys. Um, I don't know what church they were representing. Like, for all I know, it could have been a cult, but they came mm. up to me and they were like, hey, uh, what religion are you? And I was like, don't ask that to many people in Glasgow. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I was like, um, I don't really know. I guess I would call myself Catholic. And they were like, do you practice? And I said, I used to, but now I'm like really good at it. <laughs> I only remember that joke the other day. In yeah, I I knew I, I knew where that was going as yeah. soon as you said that. I was kind of like, yeah, that's, I, a, that's a true story. Um, and the guy who was trying to recruit me did not laugh at all. He kept the straight face, <laughs> but his friend actually laughed and was like, his friend was like, all right, we're not going to win this guy over. Let's leave. But he yeah. was determined to keep it going. And I was like, I find it hard to be rude to people in person. Mm. Um, I thought that I could joke him into me being like, leaving. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. See you guys later. <laughs> yeah, this guy's too smart for yeah. us. <laughs> but um, yeah, he didn't really get what I was saying, and I was just mm. like, all right, listen, I I gotta, you know, you need to like leave me alone now because this yeah. is uncomfortable and stuff. And I'm sure like a lot of people will have a similar story to that. Like mm. it, it's definitely a thing that like that's what cults do. Like they're your friend. They want to do things yeah. for you. Um, they show you the light and they teach you things that mm-hmm. no one had bothered to teach you before. Like obvious things about enlightenment and like a sort of a spiritual awakening yeah. that you had been crying out for and stuff. And that's a huge part of their yeah mantra. Mm, definitely, I think, and I'm not sure to what extent you'd agree, but. The, the the most anecdotal kind of thing I can think of, especially with some of the techniques that I'm going to mention in a second, is that if anyone's been a part of um, beavers or cubs and has had a particularly good experience, especially with, um, say, the scout leader, if the scout leader is really enthusiastic and genuinely enjoys what they're doing, and, like, because I know, I know this is a fact for me, because, you know, they were they were the leader, essentially, of you know, the um the beavers or the cubs and as long if they were really enthusiastic and engaging and like cared, it was a lot easier to enjoy it than if someone turned up and was just like, Oh yeah, just just play dodgeball or whatever for for an hour. Yeah. Never even thought of it that way, but there's a lot I mean, of I'm not of... <laughs> I'm not saying that the scouts is a cult. No, <laughs> but there are sort of long shot, but there are ceremonial like Yeah and stuff yeah. in those sorts of things you know yeah um but you know that it you know i wanted to mention that because um a big thing of um cults and in terms of recruitment techniques is something called love bombing and thing they just do things that will get you into uh, will bring about an endorphin uh, like a false endorphin high so um one of them will be so that they'll play games where they'll make you or they'll do breathing exercises before they play the games where they'll make you take really short quick breaths so you know just in out in out breathing really quickly and you're getting enough oxygen but it will like you aren't you're getting enough oxygen to like kind of feel okay but you are slowly kind of starving yourself of oxygen because you're breathing in and out so quickly yeah. and it does cause us and then they tell you to take you know like a deep breath and slow it down and that causes a massive endorphin rush yeah 
Yeah. And then they get you to perform physical exercise, you know, some physical activity, like, um, you know, just any physical activity, and it releases, again, releases an endorphin high. And they do all these things to build you up to endorphin high. And it'll always be supported by people. So say you're playing, you're running around playing football, everyone will be cheering you on, like everybody will be absolutely going nuts for you, even if you, you know, fluff a pass or whatever. People will be saying, you know, oh, well done, really good. And there'll be a lot of touching, physical contact is a big one, um, you know, to make people feel loved, included. Things like that are, you know, it might not sound very, you know, like it would lure you into a cult. Yeah. But... It's called love bombing and like just this outpouring of love, especially to people that haven't necessarily felt that kind of love before. Yeah, yeah. For or sure. a long time. It, you know, it's addictive. Love is a drug, essentially. And that's what they prey upon. It's definitely the, the breathing exercise thing. That's, that's mm. very common and that's very mm. like easy to do. It's actually easy. That's why when you have anxiety or panic attacks, breathing exercises help yeah. you overcome that. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of the most basic things that, to be honest, not enough people actually do to help themselves. Like, mm. If you're ever feeling anxious or, or um, if you're worked up about something that you have to do tomorrow, particularly on a Sunday night, honestly, put on like an Explosions in the Sky song and look up any breathing technique on YouTube mm-hmm. and you will actually feel better. Like it, it, It's yeah. a thing that everyone knows is going to work. But I, I think it can be really difficult to actually get yourself into that mentality. And mm. anyone who can convince you to do that and can convince you to keep on doing it and keep on feeling that like residual and um, continuous return for your that buzz that you get, yeah. like, it's definitely going to have a serious impact on mm-hmm. you. Like it's not nothing. It, it's a really, really... Yeah. Like I would say that that's even... I'd say that's even stronger than encouraging people and just like you know just yeah. loving people essentially like yeah. just the ability to push someone into that buzz and that rush mm-hmm. that's heavy and like that will yeah. definitely leave a, a serious impact so oh for sure yeah that's something to watch out for um mm. so if, if you're ever you know kind of standing there in a circle breathing quickly with a bunch of people you know you might be joining a cult yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's Never thought of it that way, but I'm actually a member of a cult. No. That's, that's not true. Um, will we get into some cults? Yeah. I have one off the top of my head that um, really sure. fucked up story. But this is the uh, this oh, is one of those. This is such an obvious cult name. Like yeah. Anyway, it's the movement for mm. the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God, and uh, this yeah, was a cult yeah. that sort of rose to prominence in Uganda in the late nineties. They Seem to have had like a few different sort of leaders from breakaways of different cults, but basically mm. in Uganda there was a lot of there was political turmoil, and um, there was an AIDS pandemic, and mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of reasons for the people there to be, um, what's the word? I don't want to say vulnerable because that's such a cliche, but people were very on edge and people didn't mm. really know what to believe in, but. This cult believed that the end of the world was inevitable and was going to happen on December 31st, 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, their whole thing was about the Ten Commandments and strongly enforcing like the righteousness and, and just the uh, just preserving this mm. I- idea that the Ten Commandments were the most important thing. Um, yeah. Like, these people would... like They would barely even talk. Um, they 
didn't want to do anything that might compromise their ability to adhere to the Ten Commandments. So, I, I they lived what appears to be like a miserable existence. Like they wouldn't mm. talk to each other and they wouldn't do certain things. Like they they actually behaved in a really really strange way. Um, they like regularly went through these fasts and it, it doesn't seem like it was like I don't I don't really get what they got from it to be honest. But um, mm. when the doomsday like passed and nothing happened, they lost some members and people were like, ah, oh, it was all bullshit. And then they stopped being... I, I would imagine that the, like lack of verbal communication would have played mm-hmm. a huge part in that, though, because you don't often hear about people just straight up leaving cults, especially on a mass scale. But um, yeah. the... No, go on. Uh, no, I'm just uh, just saying that the I'm just gonna say that the um, you know, I'm just I'm just reading a little bit about it, and it says that, you know, this was this came shortly after the AIDS pandemic, and people lost a lot. Obviously, um, uh, Uganda was a very and still is a very religious country, and they were mostly Roman Catholic at the time. Um, so with the AIDS pandemic, obviously, a lot of people are bound to lose faith. Um, in that and in that kind of slew of losing faith in the Roman Catholic Church, just a handful of you know kind of post-Catholic kind of groups formed, yeah. and this was one of them. So people gravitated towards whichever you know um, group they saw fit, essentially. Yeah. It, so yeah. it's it's kind of it's really sad. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is kind of preying on other people's misfortune and kind of loss of faith yeah exactly especially when that you know especially when faith has been something that these people have had their whole lives and they've suddenly fallen out of it and this group can offer something that you know come back to and the, the, you know the ten commandments is not one of the most basic teachings almost of you know of christianity it is yeah it, it's, um so you know, everybody knows that yeah so it's kind of it's it's almost as if they've gone all right, the Roman Catholic Church has failed us. Let's just get back to basics yeah. and start again. And obviously taking it to this awful extreme. I don't get what the... I, I guess the the whole idea that the world was ending. Um, mm. So, like, they practiced those Ten Commandments so they could be guaranteed a place in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so when nothing happened, the, the leaders of the cult decided that the new... Armageddon was going to happen. The new end of the world. Yeah, the new, yeah, the new apocalypse was going to happen in March, uh, on the 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day, oddly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> they all sort of went to this church to uh, say their final prayers, I guess, before the end, mm. and then the church exploded. Um, a lot of people at the time, I think, decided that it was a mass suicide, but most of the victims were actually poisoned uh, or strangled or just straight up murdered yeah shot yeah yeah um and the the leaders of the cult then skipped town and as far as i know they're still unaccounted for but i <sighs> think the actual identities of them were sketchy anyway like mm. it, it seems yeah i think that's how it was but yeah murder they just murdered people it wasn't even a mass yep. suicide just they just murdered uh. their members there were there were 500 who were murdered Jeez. at that time so that's that's a lot of people like that's yeah man that's it's uh, you know i mean it's funny how uh people can justify almost you know the, the murder of that many people and they would have justified it just because based on religion yeah. and you know it's 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 always been a huge kind of stumbling point for me 
um, and a lot of other people as to why why believe in a religion when there's people that will take it to such an extreme that will mean murdering that many people. Yeah, I, you know? I have always thought that, and I actually discovered quite recently that um, their nationalism and patriotism those are concepts that did not exist until really like the 19th century mm-hmm. they previous to that like, you always hear about um northern ireland belfast is mm-hmm. a war between catholics and protestants that's what everybody mm-hmm. knows in yeah. reality that has nothing to do with religion it's not about catholic and protestant at all it's about culture it's about celts and saxons it's about english mm-hmm. irish it's republican unionist it's too completely separate cultures and identities clashing with each other it's not mm-hmm. catholic or protestant it's just yeah. that back in when the when this whole thing started the whole idea was that english protestants were invading catholic ireland mm-hmm. and that's why it's identified still to this day as a war between catholics and protestants but back in the day you didn't really have like ireland and england in the way that we know them it was just this is the catholic place and that's the protestant place mm-hmm. and that's why um, people always put the fault of most world wars, or sorry, most like historic wars. They say religion has killed mm-hmm. more people than blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. not actually true. Like nationalism, power, greed, yeah. money. People have killed more people than. Yeah, that, that's what it is. It, it's not actually the fault yeah. of religion. It's just that back then religion was the only way to identify a person. Yeah. In that sense, like their identity was their religion. That's mm-hmm. like Hitler didn't do anything because of religion. No. It was about identity and culture, and for him, nationalism mm-hmm. towards a country that he wasn't actually originally from, but he totally felt as though Germany had been mm. terribly mistreated, and it was so unfair, mm-hmm. and they needed to rise, and he saw the Jews as um, like these conspirators and greedy people who just had to be erased for the good of the planet and stuff, and... Mm. It really that is what it comes down to is that if if religion didn't exist, it, they would be doing this for some other reason. There'd be yeah. another thing that people would follow and believe in. You know, yeah. It's... People are people are almost by nature dicks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's almost as simple as that. Um, yeah, people but, are uh, even, like ISIS. Like yeah, the, the guys who are like in command of recruitment at ISIS, they are mm-hmm. not like believers in Islam. They like money and power and they yeah. hate america and western values like yeah. it's really not actually about religion in that sense no. you know what i mean like it, it's so gray to just say that like it, yeah you know it's not really yeah. yeah it's really not it's really not as black and white as people would like it to be exactly unfortunately yeah for sure because like, well it's a really yeah. complex ideology you know yeah like, and, committing you know. atrocities and recruiting people to commit mass mm-hmm. suicide and stuff like you you can't just pigeonhole that into one section of no. beliefs and stuff so it's difficult to uh, no. i think like a lot of things it's sort of easy to just label mm. it something so that you can assume that it will never happen to you or anyone that you know or you yeah know, something along yeah. those lines but um but, you know speaking of kind of mass suicides and stuff like that i mean the most famous one as far as I'm aware, or as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, my word is gospel, and That's you should true. all remember that. You should all, um, follow <laughs> you should all literally follow me on Twitter. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's Jonestown. I mean, Jonestown was... If For anybody that doesn't know, Jonestown um, is 
okay, I suppose uh, the better known name for the mass suicide of about 900 people yeah. um, who followed a guy called James, nicknamed Jim Jones. Um, and that's probably, that I th- as far as I'm aware, that's the largest cult mass suicide yeah, industry. If, uh, if you're not familiar with it, you actually are. You just don't know that you are. If yeah. you can yeah, I mean, it's so... The, pop culture the family guy episode where they they all don robes and they drink the kool-aid yep. to die yeah. that that's this religion it, it's yeah. the one where they drink i mean the... i mean this this um because they used a powdered they used a powdered mix to make the this punch that they all drank um which was made of um you know it was laced with cyanide and uh valium i think um they made the children drink it then the adults drank it and anybody that didn't want to drink it was forced to drink it or simply murdered and then this inner circle of um jim jones's um crew um he, he it's unclear whether he actually shot himself or one of them shot him um but he was then sh- he was then shot in the head and then they all um committed suicide yeah. um absolutely awful i mean it was 918 people and over 200 of them were children um, and uh, it spawned, you know, because of the use of uh, powdered um, um, juice mix, it spawned the phrase "Don't drink the Kool Aid," yeah. um, which I've heard, I've definitely heard it before. Maybe it was from the Family Guy episode you mentioned, but I mean, uh, Jonestown is definitely a, na- a word that I think is just generally in pop culture, and most people will be aware of it even if they're not aware of the actual kind of bit behind it. Yeah, there, there's lots of references to it in mm. all sorts of things. that I'm, yeah. Even rap music. and yeah. You definitely have seen some iteration <laughs> of it or some comments some, or some commentary on oh, it definitely, at yeah. some point. Um, Jim Jones was a really kind of interesting guy in the sense that originally mm. like, he seemed to be setting out with really honest intentions and you mm. could kind of say that for a lot of the cult leaders that come up i think it's it certainly seems mm. that way like jim jones was kind of a communist who was really shunned by in in the like i don't know was it the 50s in america when they yeah. decided that communism was the the scariest thing mm-hmm. uh, like communism there used to be a time where you could just be a communist in america and it wasn't unusual mm-hmm. It was like, oh, this guy thinks this way. It wasn't a term that was seen as so bad until, um, obviously, Soviet Russia and America. And in World War Two, basically, America seemed to have learned the true nature of communism. And um, communists were really badly treated after that. Like, it was a really bad thing to be a communist, and you couldn't really just be like, oh, I'm a communist Mm. anymore, because it was seen as though you were sympathizing with Joseph Stalin and stuff like that. So that's what Jim Jones noticed, and Mm. that's what sort of pushed him away from um, uh, not normal, mainstream society and mainstream beliefs and stuff. What's interesting to note is um, his father, who was an alcoholic, was quite strongly associated with the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, really? um yeah i didn't know this until just earlier and that ironically actually jones himself wasn't a racist or a fan of the Ku Klux Klan at all he was actually due to the fact that um he was quite socially repressed as a child mm. 
he um, came to associate with and kind of sympathise with the repression of the African American community. Yeah. Um, which um, you know is so he wasn't all bad. <laughs> no, well, no, like, um, if if you, like, you know, stopped, he wasn't. If you cut off his life at like the age of twenty nine. He was yeah, probably an okay. He was like, he was he was a he was a well-read reverend, um, and you know he he married a nurse. He, you know the, he was kind of he was very socially repressed. And um, childhood friends have referred to the fact that he did actually hold kind of ceremonies and funerals for small animals that had died in their garden or in the neighbourhood. And apparent there, there's a rumor that's unsubstantiated that states that he did stab a cat to death, which kind of an early sign of psychopathy, I sociopathy. But I kind of think probably that was made up. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's like um, a memory bias. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I reckon that fits an agenda, so it's obvious. Oh yeah. Like you know, because yeah, there was like a moral panic in, in yeah America nobody too. yeah. Like people killing animals was, oh, uh, like yeah. you just said, like the start of, you know, it, I think that's a retrospective yeah. reimagining yeah, exactly. of a memory. Yeah, no, no one's, no one's gonna add in, oh, but you know, he used to read to the blind. Yeah. No, no one's gonna bother saying that because, you know, it's a kind of a blip in the radar, as it were. It's like when someone does, thing. like when someone does something weird, people always say, like, I knew mm. that guy was fucked up. I said it, no one listened yeah. to me, like, I was yep. always saying, no one really listened. Yeah. That's mm. how it is. But he used he opened like soup kitchens for the poor, and um, his original sort of religious ideology was based around sort of the teachings of Jesus that involves like turning your other cheek and washing the feet of the you know that sort of idea, helping the poor essentially, helping the needy, and uh, that was something that he strongly advocated mm. and believed in, and and impressed like the higher ups of. Yeah. In fact, various like religious movements. By the looks of things, it seems as though he had his his like um, he had his leanings towards a few different branches of uh, certain churches and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I I don't actually think I explained or we explained what Jonestown was. Yeah. Um. It was I mean, it was essentially a large farm. I think is the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. Um. Few, it, it was a really big sort of open space area yeah. where it was all yeah. theirs. It was in a like sort of strange location too, and yeah, it was in a country. Try to find where it is, but it's, it, or yeah, it, it's just in a place that I I'm Guyana. Not, yeah. Okay. Yes, Guyana. I found it. I was looking for the, I was looking for it there. I could not remember it for life of me. But it, you know, it was it was a farm, and I didn't actually I didn't actually this is something I didn't actually know, but um. A congressman called Leo Ryan um, went down to Jonestown to investigate um, allegations of human rights abuse. Yeah. He took with him several, you know, camera crew, um, a couple of reporters, and essentially they left about two days after getting into Jonestown, and they were attacked and murdered along with a couple of people that they'd, a couple of the uh, Jonestown kind of. Um, community members that they'd convinced to um you know you know run away with them essentially and they were they were kind of really brutally gunned down yeah. along with anybody that dared go with them they um that was actually the thing that sparked the yeah. the mass suicide it yeah. seems as though 
the mass suicide was a sort of a panicked response to a a really impulsive decision to have these people murdered. Um, Jim Jones like really resented the public attention um, that was being drawn. Or sorry, rather the media attention and like political attention being drawn onto his town. And I guess that does tie in with the fact that he was shunned for his communist beliefs and the whole idea of of Jonestown is pretty much basic communism like in in a really basic form of everyone having jobs and everyone is treated the same way and everything like his teachings were really like pure communism mm-hmm. and i guess I, like i really do think that it was an impulsive decision to have those people killed i, I really think that he mm-hmm. was threatened and he thought that his power would be mm-hmm. brought to an end and stuff but this is a guy who used to he used to <clears throat> um he he was really homophobic in his teachings mm. like he would say like you know don't be gay but then he also had sex with a whole lot of guys oh yeah and his excuse for that was that he was just facilitating their homosexuality while they go on the road to heterosexuality you know what mm. I mean? because like yeah. his, his whole idea was like oh i'm sacrificing myself to help these people and stuff and people like bought into that and, and really believed in it and stuff so yeah um and again, not what we were saying earlier, um, he was a great user of LSD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the, you know, we were saying about the qualities of um, kind of cult leaders being very kind of charismatic people. You know, they have to be to get all these people to kind of follow them. Yeah. Um, and I think what we didn't quite mention is this kind of delusion yeah. Like the delusion, like they gen, like they genuinely believe this isn't someone that's going. Do you know what would be cool? I'm going to pretend to be the Messiah. Yeah. This is someone that genuinely will think that they've seen a vision, or you know maybe it's during one of their LSD bouts. Um, but these people genuinely are 100% unwaveringly convinced that they are. They know when the end of the world is, or they know when. You know, or they are the second coming of Jesus. Yep. However, that's something, that's something that's really important. These people, you can't be in the same mindset as these people because they are completely delusional. Yeah, it's like a an illness that spreads through the mm-hmm. brain in that sense. Like yeah. It, it's it, yeah, it's an inability to rationalize, and I, I guess mm-hmm. like I don't know that. I, there's a lot of people who are like that in other ways too mm-hmm. like you know people who are so convinced of their beliefs in, in the way like you, you like if you look at Donald Trump or Ben Carson like the things mm-hmm. that they say to me those people are dangerously out of touch with reality mm-hmm. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's too dissimilar to the the yeah. path that your mind goes down when you start to I guess um, build up those beliefs and stuff mm. so it, like yeah, it's a really fucking scary idea. Yeah. And even there are recordings of the final moments of Jonestown, the speech. Oh, yeah. Like, I think there was a whole, there's a whole 45 minutes yeah, there is, yeah. of audio. I've listened to a large chunk of it, and it's, yeah, it's horrible. In fact, yeah. there is a movie. Um, this would be more appropriate for the older listeners, because <laughs> I know a lot of you guys are quite young. But um, th- there's a movie called The Sacrament which is, I believe, an Eli Roth movie, because it has all mm. the hallmarks of an Eli Roth movie. Um, 
but it's based on Jonestown and it's all about this cult leader and it's about these guys from Vice who they go and do a handheld uh, sort of journalist you know those Vice movies, everyone's seen the Vice mm-hmm. videos on YouTube yeah. and stuff, they, they go to make one of those about one of the guy's sisters has moved to some farm somewhere to be with these people and stuff and they find out it's a cult and they get increasingly freaked out and stuff. And it's basically just Jonestown. Like, you can see it coming mm-hmm. a mile off. But weirdly, it's actually less bad than Jonestown, the movie. Yeah. Like, the movie actually is is, is less of a... Um, what's the word? It's less tragic and it, it's got mm-hmm. less uh, sort of casualties and stuff. And it's really... When you watch the movie, it's really eerie and fucked up, but I don't really think it did a great job of properly mm. portraying what it was like. I don't know. I, I sort of got that impression, but it, it, it's a handheld camera movie, so... Yeah, found footage. Yeah, yeah, that's the one, yeah. Yeah, no, the Those sacrament. are hit and miss, I think. They can be done really oh, yeah. well and done really poorly. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think since, you know, since um, the Blair Witch Project, project they've kind of lost all edge. I was a huge fan of Cloverfield, though. I actually thought that was a class movie. I had a few complaints of Cloverfield, but I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, but you know, I always, I always say to people that <laughs> if you know anyone that's kind of seen um, the Blair Witch Project recently and is kind of like, well, it wasn't even that good. And it's like you need to remember that people went into it, and this was like the first like real found footage film, kind of ever, as it were, the first one to use in. Um, kind of like this horror style yeah. and people went into it not knowing that it, people went into it thinking it was a serious documentary yeah yeah for sure that's, like, something that that's what you really on. that's what you really need to remember they they preyed on to the fact that people had no idea what it, how it was going to end yeah it, the, the, that's a huge <laughs> to tie it all back in that's a tactic that um, movie makers use to actually get you to see the movie and mm. also that movie is a cult movie so mm. it has a cult following. By a mile. Yeah. So there you go. Ah, cult. Yeah. Um, should we move on from Jonestown? Yeah. Uh, um, Do you want to take this one? Yeah. So there is a cult in Japan that is called Aum Shinriko. Um, probably not pronounced that right. Apologies. But it was founded by a guy who goes by the name of Shoko Asahara, um, who was blind in one eye. Uh, so that adds nice. up, like immediately he is a villain. Um, and this is a cult that was sort of, I guess, rose to prominence throughout the 80s in terms of its actual recruitment. And um, it's sort of really clearly outlined its model of being based around yoga with also pieces from Buddhism, um, Hinduism, even elements of Christianity too. It was based a lot in love and this idea of being at one with your spirituality and sort of understanding everything. The guy, Shoko Asahara, also used a lot of quotes from people like Nostradamus and stuff. So mm. there's also like there's a huge element of um, legitimate teachings of spirituality and then there's a lot of alchemy in there. Yeah. It, it seems to be sort of very much... Um, sort of what's the word propagated towards alternative people in that sense right yeah um to back up what i mean initiation ceremonies for this cult involved taking lsd and other hallucinogens so Mm -hmm. it was very much to be part of the earth and sort of understand Mm -hmm. that you are one with everything around you and all yeah but they had 
50,000 members at one point. Wow. And that included some of the world's top scientists at the time. There's, there's reports of like various celebrities being uh, really fond mm-hmm. of this cult and stuff too, which wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, like most cults, uh, what this one borrowed from the Bible was that Armageddon was on its way. Specifically, a nuclear Armageddon was what um, Shoko Asahara uh, presented as fact. Um, they sort of had this huge building up, like a huge building up of followers in like the late eighties and early nineties and stuff, and they ran for the general elections in nineteen ninety four, I think it was in Japan, mm. but they failed to win any seats because they, obviously they would have gotten nowhere near the majority vote in any capacity. Um, but the guy appeared on like several talk shows and stuff, and then eventually, I don't know what changed, but they began to really, really turn against society. Um, there were reports that they were caught ordering uh, various chemicals and stuff from Russia, and they were trying to build a nuclear bomb. They purchased Jesus. tons of AK-47s, uh, sarin gas, VX gas. They even mm-hmm. carried out a sarin gas attack on the Tokyo subway system in 1995, yeah. which killed 13 people. And it severely wounded 54 people and then affected uh, a thousand others. If you don't know yeah, what sarin temporarily gas is, blinded a bunch of people. Yeah, like sarin gas really fucks you up. It turns your yeah. whole body against you in every single yeah. way. It is a nerve agent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it changes your body's reaction to everything and mm-hmm. it, it sets everything into cold red panic mode and it, every, like, you. <laughs> Yeah, it's bad. I don't really yeah. want to get into yeah. it. Yeah, but it's no, bad. yeah, yeah. It's bad shit, yeah. Um, in March 1995, there was a chief of police in Tokyo who was shot dead. Uh, he was shot four times. Most people... It's kind of accepted that um, that uh, Aum Shinriko was behind the killing, but there's never actually been any proof of that. It just makes perfect sense. But uh, in May 1995, there was a paper bag found burning in... Uh, another subway system or a train station and it was discovered that inside was um, an ignition fuse for a, a basically a bomb containing hydrogen cyanide Jesus! and if that wasn't detected and diffused in time it could have killed up to 10,000 people um, Asahara was arrested later on that month in May 1995 and on that same day that he was arrested, the governor of Tokyo received the parcel bomb in the post and his secretary opened it and uh, the the secretary's fingers were blown off. Jesus. Um, Eventually Asahara was found guilty of masterminding all sorts of atrocities and attacks and Mm -hmm. sentenced to death in Japan. Um, He was charged with 23 counts of murder. So that will tell you something. Um, yep. The group still exists, and there's been various reportings on their membership and stuff over the last mm, 20 years, but mm-hmm. they apparently only have around 1,500 members nowadays, but they don't really seem to be up to much. So I guess nah. like the the sort of the leader being sent down, I guess that was the end yeah. of them. Or uh, you know, I've read that they've, they've kind of split up into two yeah, yeah. smaller groups, you know, um, and they're last few years and they're still being monitored as uh, dangerous religions yeah. um, for the next couple of years so really we're in safe hands the, um, yeah that is, that is incredibly fucked up the guy obviously was incredibly charismatic mm-hmm. and I guess it, it's sort of a safe bet that if you start teaching stuff like yoga and that spirituality yeah. I, I think that's a really really powerful tool for uh, monitoring people like I, I know a lot of people who are stoners and 
I don't want to sound mean to stoners, but like, you can predict everything that a stoner likes, or you can predict their opinions on things. Like, they're largely similar to one another, you know? Like, they all listen to the same podcasts, and it sort of gets to a point where you're like, alright, like, the whole spirituality thing, if this is what it's like, then I'm not really interested. Like, a lot of that seems to be happening. Yeah, I think what's really interesting is that they became kind of you know like this religion for the elite and i think it's interesting that they probably would have only needed one or two you know decently you know elites like you were saying about these scientists um kind of i think they'd only need one or two decently famous or well-known scientists for people to then kind of for it to kind of become a snowball effect you know um you only they only needed one or two and they managed to get that and then you know, you can imagine how it was like, oh, well, if this famous yeah. person's in it, I want to be in it. And then, oh, if everyone who graduates from this university, top of their class is in it, then, you know, I want to strive to be in it. You know, it becomes an achievement as much as it does a religion. Yeah, it, isn't it interesting how once a person who has a qualification in some academic category... Once they do something, it's seen as a thing that you should do. Like, yeah, I I have a friend who is really, really, really intelligent, mm-hmm. and I swear to God, some of his opinions just make me think that he's just a fucking idiot. Like, there are things that he is absolutely wrong about, even though he has qualifications. Like, I don't, it's <laughs> it's really strange and stuff. Like, I know I've noticed a lot of that going on. Like, yeah. People taking quotes from, like the, you know the the Marilyn Monroe thing that she never actually said, but the if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve yeah. me at my best type thing. Like, even if she said that or whatever, that's not a thing. That doesn't mean that you can go around and be a dickhead. Be a to dick, no. Just because a famous person said it, like she doesn't represent anything about intelligence. No. Yeah, it's it's interesting that once i guess that yeah like you said it's a snowball effect once mm. one intelligent or you know seemingly profound person does one specific thing then it automatically becomes that becomes the benchmark as yeah, it were yeah it's, yeah that's fucked up like yeah yeah but it's it, you know it, it's preying on these kind of simplistic kind of almost simplistic nature at times of the human psychology it's very basic i mean even like yeah. uh, it, it's one of the most basic tools of advertising too you pay a really famous mm. person to, to pimp out your product and then you'll see a yeah. rise in yeah and it happens all the time with every single product even if it doesn't work on you clever guys out there yeah like you know it works and it's yeah you know i think that's something similar that can almost be applied to is can especially be applied to scientology yeah as well another you know half religion half cult probably better described as i don't know how you'd define a sect but yeah sect is actually seen as legitimate whereas cult is seen mm. like the thing i think about scientology is that there are reports that have never actually been verified as far as I know, but there are reports mm. that L. Ron Hubbard said the easiest way to make money is to tell people to join a religion. Yeah. I don't know if that is actually true that he said that, but because it's out there, it's a thing that I sort yeah. of have leaned towards as a belief. And if you look at the facts in the way that he was a science fiction writer, yeah, it's sort of like... Um, you know, one of the books in the Bible being written by a really prominent science fiction writer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel, I, I do kind of, you know, knowing that he's a, he was a science fiction writer, I do feel like he almost was writing about uh, various things and kind of thought, 
well, why don't I try and do it? And then it just got a bit out of hand. Yeah, it <laughs> like, seems that way, yeah. Like, it kind of got to a point where he was kind of like, I am no longer in control of this. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and now we're kind of stuck with Scientology. Yeah, and it's really, 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 really profitable. Yeah. And, like, um, it, you know, and again, like, um, like we were saying, it's become kind of the... You know, it's like the the new religion of the elite, as it were. It, you know, it's the new kind of uh, kind of Freemasons, I suppose. Yeah. yeah uh, super that. rich. Uh, I I don't know if that's a, I don't know enough about the Freemasons or really about Scientology to know if that's a decent comparison. But for the very little I know, that seems like it's. I think um, with Scientology. Uh, like I'm kind of fine with it existing if it helps people. Um, yeah. Like I don't really know anything about Scientology, so I find it hard to berate it in some mm. instances. You know, like I I think obviously the amount of money that they make is yeah. fucking mind blowing, and mm. I've heard lots of things about it that are yeah, bad. kidnappings, murders. Yeah. But um, I've never really seen those things verified. No, control like the the ones that worry me most are like controlling politics and controlling you know, they've got you know, they've kind of got all of these followers from the lar- you know, some of the most important people in some of the largest companies in America. Yeah. You know, and with the kind of domination of like the whole you know, that kind of thing where the whole of America is run by six companies. Yeah, yeah. And they've got high up people in all six of those companies. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, it's unsubstantiated, but you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it I, isn't. It I doesn't did, sit um, right with me. I read a cracked article once from Cracked. Do this thing where they like they they get people from certain professions or just certain mm-hmm. backgrounds. Like they they've interviewed uh, Mexican journalists who witnessed the brutality in Juarez. And yeah, yeah. They like they interviewed like a, a bin man just to see. You know, the, what does your bin man yeah. know about you? It's an interesting concept. But they did one about someone who had broken away from the Church of Scientology, who mm-hmm. had to remain anonymous because of the things that they were going to do yep. to their family and stuff. And I, that's fucked up. And as well as that, the Scientologists, and in fact, what Scientology teaches about mental health is damaging and it's mm. seriously harmful, and that can't be allowed to continue. Like, legally, that should not be allowed. Like, it's outrageous. Like, they just, for those of you who don't know, like, basically, they don't really believe in medication. Like, they don't believe that you can medicate your mental mm. health problems. Like, they don't believe that depression is a chemical imbalance in your brain like they, they just don't believe these things they think that mm. it's just all things that can go away if your faith is stronger or if you do you know more scientology things yeah they're also very selective with what they allow their followers to read and mm. things like that and that's dangerous and like oh yeah there's a lot of um cynical elements of control um mm-hmm. put forward by the church of scientology yeah um I, i'd love to see like Louis Theroux, or I, I just, I'd love to be more informed about Scientology. You know, I just yeah. don't know anything I feel, about it. I feel like every uh, fact, as it were, that is out there about Scientology is completely unsubstantiated. That's the thing. Like, I, I feel have... like it's kind of got this aura of sin, like, um, just this sinister aura about it, but nobody actually knows yeah. the truth. So, like, it's built on I people f- like us talking about it. Yeah, like, <laughs> I frequently see this thing about how they believe in some ancient alien coming out of a volcano. Yeah, that, I, yeah. I bet that's not part of their teachings. 
I, I bet that's something that like that can't be their actual basis of Scientology. I don't think. No. I don't think it's that silly and obnoxious and no. cartoonish. Like I'm sure they have a not legitimate, but I'm sure they have a strong basis to be able to recruit mm. people who are, to be honest, famous enough that they should know better. So like, yeah, what is it that they're doing? I, like I don't know. It, it's strange. Like I think I, you know, I think again, it's become it's like the uh, it's like with the Japanese cult you know it became one or two elite people joined and suddenly it became you know the elite people's religion as yeah. it were you know um i th- you know i i'd like to i you know again and all of these elite people joining and you know saying about how they've got people in the highest parts of these various powerful companies that control america and stuff like that and then i think it's a kind of i think what i've seen and what i'd understand for all of these famous people joining is that it's a lot of you scratch our backs we'll scratch yours i've heard that too um i heard rumors that they also have really heavily um really heavy surveillance on their members Mm. to the point where if they catch uh john travolta in the middle of a sex act with a masseuse or something they yeah. can hold that over him if he wants to mm. leave Scientology and be like, well, if you do, your you know your career is over. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Um, I've heard that, but is that like I don't fucking know if that's true. No. It, it's sort of it's really easy to and and like I say this as someone who hasn't at the very start of the discussion on Scientology said L. Ron Hubbard says that the easiest way to make money is to make a religion. I don't know if that's true, but I've chosen yeah. to believe it. And I don't know if that's to maybe just protect myself from the fact that rational, sentient beings are paying money to the church psychology, yeah. and that is a little bit scary to me. Mm. Yeah, especially when it's no small amount of money either. Yeah, Jesus. Like, it's, terrifyingly it's, large amounts. Yeah, it is. It's an unbelievable amount. Of, they, they've paid mm. amounts of money that, cumulatively, I haven't even earned yet. Like, mm. that, no, that's yeah. scary. And you, like, the, you know, there's people with a net worth, you know, Tom Cruise, Will Smith. Is Will you know. Smith a Scientologist? Yeah, I think so. No way. Yeah, the Fresh Prince. No way. <laughs> yeah, I'm, or at least I'm pretty sure I saw that. I think, uh, I think that's a rumour, but it's never been confirmed, yeah. or maybe, I hope. I, I really Is Will Smith a Scientologist? If you had to think about it that long yeah. while reading it, it's not confirmed. Mm. No, yeah, it's just it, I was just saying that um, he has a, a now closed New Village Leadership Academy that has a curriculum created by L. Ron Hubbard. No way. So. Well, if the, the stuff his kids yeah. talk about or anything to go by. Oh uh, yeah, then definitely yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Jaden is clearly uh, the alien that's come out of the volcano and none of us know it yet. Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> my side note, my Jaden Smith top five tweets video just grows more and more popular every single day. <laughs> it's like my sixth most popular video of all time. I, really? When I started doing those videos, I knew one of them would blow up. Um, I, I, I kind of suspected the Wayne Rooney one or like I, I, mm. I suspected like something would happen and one of them would become suddenly relevant. It's not why I made the videos, by the way. No. Obviously, you know that because you can tell how much fun I'm having in those videos. <laughs> Side note as well, my mom is listening to every single one of them and she loves them. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the, I really didn't think that the Jaden Smith one would become the most popular one by a long distance. Wow, well, it really is up there, isn't it? Yeah. The Dapper Laughs one is obviously the best one. But, um, Clear. 
My name is El De Niro and you're listening to The Interlude, you're listening to Starman by David Bowie for reasons that should be pretty obvious, I mean his message in the chorus is not too unlike that of certain cult leaders um, at certain points in time but also obviously due to his sad passing last week. Um, while I was never a massive fan of Bowie myself, I was very much raised on his music. My mum is a huge fan, her heart was broken when she found out the news. And most of my favourite artists have in some way been inspired by Bowie, so I definitely don't think his influence can be understated. And I hope you guys enjoy this song, and I really hope you guys are enjoying the episode so far. If you are and you're a member on SoundCloud and you want to leave a like or a repost or whatever it even is, that would be awesome. Any kind of traction you guys could give the episode would be much appreciated. And thank you so much for sticking it out for this long. There'll be another song at the end of the episode, and I will talk to you then. Enjoy the rest of the show. Should we move on to maybe one more cult and then 
move into the psychology behind the recruitment process of cults. Sure. Shall we talk about probably the most infamous cult leader ever? It's hard to know. That's still alive? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's still alive today. I think this it's probably, is it probably narrows it down quite a lot, actually. There are two that we could do that sort of basically echo the Jonestown one. So I think it would be a good idea to do this one because it's it's separate from the others in its own way. Yeah. So. Just to check, we are both talking about Charles Manson, right? Oh, Charles Manson? I thought we were talking about Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought we were talking about Michael Moore. <laughs> I really wish I thought of a better name than another one that ends in Manson. I really wish that I, I thought of a really obvious thing. That I, call, I really wish I said like I thought we were talking about KSI. Um, yeah, Charles Manson was what I was thinking. And yeah, th- good. this one is so dark and oh, it's it's actually if you look up uh, cults and you know fucked up cults and stuff it. He's not really listed an awful lot. I don't know. Is it just that he's like not considered a um, cult I think that, I think that a lot of people kind of like me because um, I'm, I'm I was aware of Charles Manson. I was aware of the family, as it were. Um, his that was his like following. He, he called them his family, the Manson family. Um, I, I was aware of you know the fact that he's got this swastika tattooed in between his eyebrows and. He's known for looking like a complete fucking nutter, yeah. um, and they still love to. That's kind of where, and you know, there was this kind of like suicide, murder kind of thing surrounding him. But I didn't actually know the details of it until I looked it up earlier today. There's a lot I knew about him that um, I knew about the Sharon Tate murder. For anyone mm. who doesn't know, she was a famous. Uh, American actor and she was mm-hmm. also a model um, she was famously married to Roman Polanski um, mm. and she was murdered in the in the late 60s by the Manson family and the reason that I know who she is is because the house that she was murdered in was purchased by Trent Reznor who is one of my favourite musicians of all yeah. time and he recorded some stuff there um, and he got like this um, sister of Sharon Tate I think mm. uh, called him out on it one day and he was like oh shit I'm actually a terrible person and uh, <laughs> then he stopped <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Um, you know there, there was this again for anyone that doesn't know there was the there was t- I think two separate incidents is probably the best way to describe it there was the first one where Manson Instructed his uh, parts of his family to go and hold these this this kind of um this this small group of Hollywood elite in uh, hostage and it, you know essentially I think his words were you know leave no one alive mm. um, you know he kind of and there were there were some really horrible things I I actually kind of don't want to go into the details of some of them like the bit I explained to you earlier because it's really there's, really fucking awful. Yeah, there's stuff I don't um, want people picturing before. Yeah. Like, um, like writing... I suppose I suppose one of the tamer parts is writing pig on the front door of the house in one of the victim's blood. That's what spawned the Nine Inch Nails song, Piggy. Uh, doesn't know. 
Mm. Um, also, the getaway driver for the Manson family was a woman called mm. Linda Kasabian, as far as I know. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, that's where Kasabian got their band name from. So, weirdly, mm. I only know facts about cults that relate to bands. Yeah, the music. Favorite? My favourite band um, is The Cult. No, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, they... they um, funnily enough, the... Uh, I say funnily enough, it's not funny at all. The... <laughs> The um the getaway driver the get the getaway driver was actually has actually never served prison time for yeah. her involvement. Um so as she was one. she was provided immunity due to the fact that she was the star witness mm -hmm. um for the defence. But um yeah, I, I if you want to read about like I feel like we've brought this up and then both of us kind of gone we don't really want to talk about it though. You know, like um, there's a lot of we could you see I kind of there's there's a lot of words I just don't want said on my podcast. No, yeah. That he has yeah, um the some of the ways that he's left an imprint on pop culture, um, like Marilyn Manson took his name from him and yep. Guns N' Roses have covered one of his songs. I think one of the most interesting things about Charles Manson was that he actually went out to Hollywood um, to just, like, he was a huge sort of stoner guy. Or, <laughs> I, I don't know if he was actually a stoner before he, he was, started. He was big on LSD. Yeah. Again, another one. He... Um, was friends with a guy from the Beach Boys. I think it yeah. was the drummer, but the drummer in the Beach Boys was one of the main members. Uh, I think he mm -hmm. even might have founded the band. And they were like quite close friends, and Charles Manson showed him some songs that he wrote and stuff, and Dennis Wilson was like, yeah, no, those are those are totally good, man. Like, yeah. Keep at it. And then Charles Manson went to Hollywood to try and succeed as a musician, and he got kind of laughed out of the place. Yeah. And then he... Which kind of spawned his hatred for yeah. Hollywood and the elite that he then went on to yeah, he, viciously murder. He went out to this um, location in the desert, like a, a commune. Mm. Well, he, he started his own commune. But yeah. He sort of recruited people there under the premise that he had interpreted every Beatles song and all of them had hints about the difference between black and white and that what was coming was a, a war between the races like the black race and the white race that would eventually lead to the end of the world and that was his huge that was what everything was based on for him and that was how he managed to recruit all of these people mm. what i find odd is how willing people were to commit atrocities for someone that would put yeah. so much attention on them like it's it's not as if he like with Jonestown, they flew out to their own place. Like, um, yeah. Jim Jones had years to mold this mentality into people, and mm -hmm. the same with um, even the likes of Heaven's Gate and the the um, restoration of the Ten Commandments. Those types of things, like they existed in their own place where they could do this. With Charles Manson, he seemed to exist very much in the public eye and sort of had this notoriety. And it's amazing that he mm. managed to do as much as he did I guess because it's such a terrifying concept mm -hmm. yeah I mean they uh, you know the main part of the main thing his family used to do was that they'd go out into the desert and they'd spend their time uh, tripping on LSD and mushrooms so mushrooms being you know strong hallucinogens um, 
there's 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 reason to argue that you know you can while they're under the influence of especially such hallucinogens that you can kind of mold their mind to see what you want them to see. Yeah. Um, whether that was purposely done through suggestion um, and the way that they the way that he talked to them and the things that he said to them, you know, I I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I'm not that great with psychology. I did it for A levels, but pff, what do I know? Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an armchair psychologist. I do that. That's my job. That's yeah. what I do on the show. I, I, I know all the answers. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it is possible that he essentially molded their minds and f- kind of tricked them, as it were, into seeing, you know, the kind of, uh, you know, and kind of uh, aligning themselves with what he saw. Yeah. And he was huge into music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, he wanted the family to record an album like the Beatles mm. and stuff. And yeah. He, he just, you know what? He was a really deluded guy who yeah. got very mad when people didn't respond well to his delusions. And yeah. I think that's sort of the uh, catalyst for yeah. this whole, like, tirade mm-hmm. and that he went on. It's really. Yeah. I mean, he's really well known, actually. This is something that I only found out. Um, earlier he's really well known for having this swastika tattooed in the center of his forehead but that originally started when he was on trial and he came out with um a square carved into his forehead um like actually carved physically carved into like with a knife into his forehead and it kind of um it kind of evolved as his kind of followers out on the court steps drew squares on their foreheads kind of evolved into being a swastika to what he eventually got tattooed on his forehead but fun fact (laughs) (laughs) try and lighten the mood ever so slightly it's yeah it's um his whole like backstory is actually Mm. a lot more outrageous than I even thought before yeah the, the times that he spent in prison each each prison sentence before he actually was properly put away. Mm. Uh, there's some fucked up stories there. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. actually, he was a absolute yeah. fucking um, lunatic. Yeah. And his childhood was not, you know, idyllic no. as it were. Yeah. No, his mother essentially wanted nothing to do with him. His father was out of the picture from an early age. Um, he lived off petty crime from about the age of 13. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, like, there's no place in the world, really, for a person like that, I guess, is no. the problem. Or at least no. there wouldn't have been at the time. But, yeah, no. Um, I mean, we've touched on kind of this um, sociopathy and stuff like that, and saying about, with um, Scientology, the fact that people, they don't, they don't want you to, like, um, medicate for mental illnesses. Mm-hmm. And you don't, see a rise in cults in England, for example, or there's no famous Canadian cults, as it were. And and this is something that I mentioned uh, shortly after I returned from America, is that I saw, you know, they don't have nationalised healthcare. And say you're out of work or you can't get a job that provides healthcare because you have a mental illness, you can't then go to the hospital to get help and treatment for that mental illness. So a lot of the homeless people that I saw, and I've spoken to a few other people and they've agreed with me, is that a lot of the homeless people were mentally ill. Mm. 
And I wonder really if there's this kind of because of the lack of nationalised healthcare, are these people not able to get help for their mental illnesses? And I'm not saying that they just go on and form cults, but these become the people that form cults and become part of, you know, the more murderous kind of cults. Well, I'm sure those are definitely the fragments, or they have to be considered a mm. part of, you know, what what happens when you don't medicate mental. Mm-hmm. I guess though, I mean, around the time of Manson and stuff, you wouldn't have really had that many like now we're really good at treating mental illness Mm. and like we have a lot of different treatments and lots of different drugs and even Mm -hmm. just techniques like uh cognitive behavioral therapy things like that like those are unbelievably good um that hadn't really developed so much i guess Mm. at the time of manson and uh and jim jones really either but um it is a really good point that you make because there aren't really many English cults that I know of. No. I can't, I can't really... think of any off the top of my head. I can't either. I, I, I'm, sure there, I, I'm sure I remember hearing about one that believed in yeah. something to do with Stonehenge um, and aliens. It combined the two yeah. of those into some bizarre thing. I, I know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know a whole lot about it. That's... Mm. That might be a good topic for the future, sort of lesser-known cults and mm. maybe surprising cults and stuff to uh, to hear about because I'd never really thought about that before. And now that it's there, I can't really... <laughs> I know there's definitely um, a famous Australian cult as well. Yeah, I think we spoke about that one, the one that um, they went out and tried to build like a 50-ton nuclear bomb or something ridiculous. Isn't that like quite recently as well, I think? Yeah, it yeah. was within the last 10 or so years. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, actually probably more like 20 now because it's not 2006. No, but... it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like knowing that. Um, will we talk about cult recruitment? Yeah. So the cliche is that troubled people who have had mm-hmm. um, a bad upbringing, <laughs> like Charles Manson, but we're talking about the yeah. people who were recruited here, not the people who started. Yeah, um, start yeah. and they got everyone, yeah. Typically, it's like people who, in, in the cliche version, that is, typically it's it's people who listen to heavy metal music and mm-hmm. um, they're the outcasts or the, you know, the ones that no one will love. Um, mentally ill is used a lot to describe them. Mm. Um, but actually... People who join cults, on average, don't have that much of a like history of psychiatric disorders in comparison to the general population. Like you would imagine, it would be a yeah. higher average, which it obviously is because it's a a lower demographic and a particularly mm-hmm. abstract sort of demographic. Yeah, but yeah. Tr- typically, they they don't really. Um, what I'm reading from HowStuffWorks.com, which is a website that has an amazing podcast that you guys should check out if you ever want to know anything about anything. Um, stress is a massive thing that uh, cult recruiters look for. And it's like you were saying earlier about the breathing exercise. Mm-hmm. That ties in perfectly. Nothing gets rid of stress quite like breathing really well. Yeah. Um, it says here, and I'm going to just read it straight off. Uh, This could be stress associated with adolescence, leaving home for the first time, a bad breakup, losing a job, or the death of a loved one. P. 
People undergoing significant stress can be more susceptible when a person or a group claims to have the answers to all of their problems, which makes perfect sense. Some of the things bullet pointed that cults look for is dependency, and it's described as an intense desire to belong stemming from a lack of self-confidence. Um, unassertiveness, a reluctance to say no or question authority, which kind of hints at like a, a submissiveness <clears throat> in people, which I think I would imagine that those who are reluctant to say no, I think those would be the exact type who would have left that the restoration of the Ten Commandments after mm-hmm. the first apocalypse didn't work out. Yeah. Um, also gullibility, that's obvious. A low tolerance for uncertainty is an interesting point, which mm. means these people have like a need to have any question answered immediately in black and white terms yeah and that seems pretty straightforward because a lot of cult leaders do have all the answers yeah um there's also just feeling of being marginalized with one's own culture shout out to jim jones the communist um naive idealism a blind belief that everyone is good which is sort of would make it really difficult for you to see the evil in something Mm -hmm. and then finally they list desire for spiritual meaning and a need to believe that life has a higher purpose which i would imagine is huge yeah i imagine that's pretty high on the list yeah i i think it it must be really hard to struggle with knowing Mm -hmm. you know what does or doesn't come after and stuff like that and i think it would be so easy to to prey on that if you wanted to recruit people so those for are the sure. things that they look for. And they that definitely adds up with what you said earlier about the, the <laughs> love bombing especially. Like that's yeah. properly all in there. That does add up nicely yeah. and everything. Um but yeah, that's fucked up that people pray yeah. on those things just for yeah. what? Like yeah. Yeah, I mean it, you know, it's it's you know, it is fucked up that they prey on people, but I don't think a lot of them see it as, you know, people that are trying to get you into a cult won't necessarily see it as preying on people. They will, like I said earlier, they will genuinely think they're saving these people. Yeah, that's true. And they will use these deception tactics because they, it'll almost be like a kind of, like, I pity this person because they don't know what I know. They don't, you know, kind of see this kind of greater thing that I see. And... If, if I have to trick them to get them to see, then it'll be worth it because they will have seen. Does yeah, that make sense? That does make sense. Like you know, they they will you know they will have this kind of inf- like almost this infallible logic, this kind of circular logic that it doesn't matter how I get them to see, as long as they see what I see, then it's been worth it because now they're a believer too, and that you know I will have saved them, and they will forgive me because I've saved them because I've helped to save them. That's what I really wonder, if that's the difference between, say, a cult and a pyramid scheme. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you think yeah. about any... Or, or just... I don't know if you've ever seen... I don't know how much Louis Thoreau you've watched in your life. A, a ton, yeah. Have you seen the one with the hypnosis? And he goes and sees that hypnotist. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget the guy's name. I think it was something silver or something like that. Yeah. But he had this whole thing about how he could make you a millionaire if you just followed his simple tactics for mm. whatever. And he had this follower, his like number two guy, his right hand, mm-hmm. who um, Louis tried to get... like into like he tried to kind of turn off the light behind his eyes and just yeah dude what like 
what are you Dude, what are you doing? Why? Do you what the fuck? actually believe in this? And and the guy yeah. was just so adamant about it. And I wondered when I watched that if if the guy, the actual hypnotist who believed mm-hmm. in, I wonder if he actually believed that he was because if you continue to put forward this notion that you are helping people and stuff, like you're going to mm-hmm. believe it eventually. It's been yeah. proven time and time again that if you just believe something yeah. about yourself, it becomes true. That's what you become. You know? It's it's, lit- it's literally a case of fake it till you make it. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are so many things like that, though. Yeah. Where like you just understanding something and then just deciding you're going to be this person. You just become that person once you... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just try yeah. really hard. And that's what I wonder, like... I wonder the people who do it for monetary gain, do they believe it? Whereas the people mm. who do it for just the following, do they... They definitely do believe it, I feel. Whereas mm. the ones that make money out of it, they can't surely believe it. I... I you know what? I really don't know. Like, and especially with, like, the, you know, like saying about the Jones, you know, about talking about Jonestown. I think he genuinely believed that he was taking them all to a better place. Because if he didn't, then you know, I almost can't understand. You know, why else would he kill himself? Like, why else would he go out with them all unless he genuinely believed a hundred percent? And you can hear kind of the conviction in his voice yeah, when in because I've, li- I've listened to parts of it. Like I've only listened to a couple of minutes here and there, but he's kind of saying it'll be like almost like it'll be fine. Honest to God, like I, like I promise, honest to me, <laughs> uh, I promise you all. You know, it's just like you know, death is your friend. It's just the next step to the next plane. You know, it's nothing. Just welcome it. Yeah. And I can't, I can't, I just can't fathom how he couldn't believe that enough to then join them in that kind of death. I wonder, because one of the main tactics of cults is to hold their members, or like isolate their members from reality so that they can loosen their grip on reality and make sure that they never regain it. Like, that level of cynicism kind of implies that they know what they're doing. But I also would liken it to someone who's in, like, an abusive relationship or something, where they stay with the partner because they just believe that it will change. So it's yeah. like, it's sort of a fallacy um, that I suppose I could see the two things being parallel and the person actually believing that they are God, but also just understanding that if people start to go back to normality then they'll not see me as god anymore i think like a large part of it is just a dependency for themselves Mm -hmm. like that they i don't know like is it filling some void for them somewhere or what yeah i I really don't know and i think you know we both of us are kind of very cynical and rational human beings and i think because of that, we would, we we both really struggled to kind of understand and identify with the kind of thought process of people that would get. I'd like to think I'd never be susceptible to being recruited by a cult. The thing like, is, though, that we're like there could have been just a different path that we walked down in life and ended up a member of mm. the cult. You know, like I don't know. I think we're very lucky that we have this cynicism towards stuff like this, mm. but. It's like the scary thing is it's entirely possible that 
in yeah. the future it could happen. You know, you don't yeah. know I, how. Like I, I've just been thinking, and you know, say I am making a substantial amount of money, and I get approached by the Church of Scientology, and they're like, "Hey, do you want religion for it's? We're literally selling religion for this much." I'd be like, "No," yeah. but if they came to me and said, "Hey, look, if you want to be part of our religion, it's like a business kind of venture." You invest in us and we invest in you and you will reap the rewards of investing in us and the amount you the amount you get is based on how much you give. Yeah. You know, so, you know, along with this is again going with my kind of conspiracy theory that they control everything in the US. Yeah. Um <laughs> we're heading down, we're we're heading down this path again, kids. Buckle up. <laughs> um you know, um saying that, you know, well we can get you this and this and this that would have necessarily been well. There might have been doors that have been closed to me in the few in the past. They say, "Well, we can open up these doors." Then it becomes less of me joining a cult and more of me paying for my own advancement. In certain ways, I I don't know. Like, That's the thing as well is that you and I exist on this average income. Um, well, actually, would probably be below average income because I'd imagine the rich people drag it up an awful lot. Mm. But we have the ability to see things the way that we do because of the context of our environment. Like, I get the bus to work every day and mm. I work a normal job. I deal with mostly normal people. <laughs> <clears throat> some some shareholders are oh, yeah. fucking nuts. I know that feeling. Yeah, and... I, because of that, have developed a working man's perspective of um, issue, like social issues and whatever, and I can comfortably say, like, whatever, this is bad, this is good, and cults are weird and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you get to a certain level of wealth... Like, for me, right, I, I have this thing where I, I gamble all the fucking time because I have... <laughs> so much money lying around at the moment but not enough money to actually move out (laughs) so i just have all of this money that's building up that i can't really do anything with because i don't want to spend it because i'm saving and i can't move out because i can't afford it so it's like Mm. that's because the rent price is in dublin by the way i'm on a okay salary (laughs) for the anyway um that's just like so I'm I'm putting loads of money into ga- I say loads of money it's like 40 euro a week maybe 50 yeah um and like and I win a lot so I see that money back I probably lose as much mm. as I make but I'm nah. always going for the kill I I want the hundreds of thousands no nah, yeah, you want, want the big that. one I want lottery money and when I eventually get that money which I will because gambling works um obviously <laughs> there's no flaws there but, no at all no for real if I were if I were to stumble into a small fortune. Like, that would change me so much. It would put me into an entirely different category of person. I would have a different understanding of what's good and what's bad, and I would have a different understanding of mm-hmm. why people do certain things. Like, Gwyneth Paltrow <clears throat> has no fucking idea what it's like to be a single mother earning $25,000 a year, no. but she constantly gives advice to those people, and they constantly eat it up, and it, it's harmful to people. It's legitimately harmful to people. Like, she's actually harming people. And, like, similarly, like, Dave Cameron, the guy that runs Britain for, you know, more or less, doesn't yeah. know how much a fucking loaf of bread costs. Like, he actually nope. doesn't know that. That's the thing that he just, <laughs> it, like, that's how out of touch he is. So, if you were making Tom Cruise or Will Smith money, and 
lots of your friends are already Scientologists and the church Scientology <laughs> comes to you and you've probably already heard in your ear why it's good. And like we said before, we don't really know anything about Scientology anyway. So who knows what they're telling these people to recruit them? Like, you can't say right now that you would be the rational thinking person. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's that, like, that fucking freaks me out, to be honest. Like, one of the things um, that I remember reading this interview with, with uh, Trent Reznor when he was talking about how he struggled so much as a young artist and he just, his whole goal was to make it as an artist. And that was the thing, like, there's so much pain and everything in, in all of his songs and so much anguish and he just thought mm. that by getting famous he would relieve himself of all of those demons but then he made it and they didn't go away and that's what i think like if and when i stumble across loads of money like what's the problem gonna be then like because there is gonna be something else that comes along you know like and that's i guess how they recruit the richer people mm. because they just have different problems that scientology would be more in touch with at the time like you know what I mean? yeah it's they're different lives different people like yeah i i think there's just you know there's just this like with this disparity and like disparity in wages i think it's kind of you you know you can't like you can't fathom their thought processes because you know to us a certain amount of money is a lot and to them it's pocket change yeah. and uh, <laughs> you know that changes the person. Yeah, yeah. Like money, money literally changes people. Yeah. As well and as because that, it like, will change your life. And fame like, too. Just people telling you how great you are all the time, like that, is. I mean, I have yeah. that. My conversation <laughs> constantly. All I ever hear. I I regularly get at least ten likes on my Instagram posts. So. <laughs> You know, I know what I'm talking about. I've, uh, every time I post a poll, like, even if it's a thing people want, if one of the options is to abuse me, they will take oh. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so Most good. definitely. Unbelievable. Like, hey, guys, do you want a new series? Like, yes, three options no, fuck to say you. yes, and one that says, no more series, you hack, and everyone voted for that option. <laughs> but, yeah. Luckily, I have that self-confidence. Luckily, I have that Kanye self-confidence now, so nothing can You've got to. You really have. Yeah, but that's, um, <laughs> I think, a decent discussion that went yeah. in a nice sort of uh, loop to encompass all of the different aspects of cults and yeah. why they are bad, what would you say? Are. Yeah, I'd say they're mostly bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, after what we've discussed, I, I think so, yeah. Next get next week's guest will be Linda Kasabian. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but for real though, uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, um, subscribe or something. What do people do on SoundCloud? Sign up to SoundCloud and follow us or something. By the way, like mobile device, if you go on SoundCloud, it's so handy. The app, like you just open it and it plays, and you can close it and do whatever you want on your phone while it plays. Which you couldn't do on YouTube. How did you listen to it on YouTube for so long? I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, well. Yeah. Um, we will be back in two weeks. Maybe. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, with a whole Probably new not. topic. Yes, because we actually have a list of topics for once. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you guys <laughs> don't even know. We're so fucking ahead of the game right now. Probably it's unreal. Probably shouldn't say much. You never for, yeah, probably, right probably shouldn't boast when it's, you know, nothing's going to happen. Until I stumble into loads of money on Scientology. Exactly. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs>
I've been El De Niro. I've been El De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been El De Niro. You got that all wrong. That's not how this works. <laughs> this is a cult classic podcast, I think. Would you say we have a cult following? I would say we do. I'd say we have a small following. <laughs> yeah, a small cult following, though. The people who like us really like us. Yeah, but would they die for us? Let's find out next week. <laughs> when nobody watches it because... Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all dead. <laughs> oh, God. Standing on her front lawn, just a twirling her baton. Me and her went for a ride, and people dance. From the town of Lincoln, Nebraska, with a sawed off 410 on my lap, through the badlands of Wyoming, I killed everything in my Can't see that I'm sorry for the things that we've done. At least for a little while, sir, me and her, we had a son. going on guys i hope you guys enjoyed the episode uh we're closing out the show with nebraska by bruce springsteen which is a song about charles starkweather who is a different kind of serial killer to charles manson but equally as terrifying in some ways i think and i think the song does a really good sort of job of uh portraying his psychopathy in a really profound and kind of poignant way there are some words at the end of the song where he says they want to know why i did what i did 
Well, sir, I guess there's just a meanness in this world, and I think that sort of honest answer is a good answer to myself and Jack trying to come up with why people do the things they do, or why specifically bad people do the things they do, so that's why uh, we're closing out with this song. I think it fits nicely, and we opened with Cult of Personality by Living Color for reasons I really shouldn't have to explain. But until next time, which will be hopefully two weeks from now, there may be one next week. I'm not too sure how it's going to go. We're going to close out, obviously, with the pre-show call. And I've been El De Niro. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. They declared me unfit to live Said into that great void My soul be heard want to know why I did what I did Sir, I guess it's just a meanness in this Which is a bit weird. Like she's a really close friend of mine. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I'm going to be recording tonight, so I won't be going out to watch the football or whatever. And she's like, Oh, are you doing the podcast? And I was like, Yeah. And she's like, What's it about? And I was like, Cults. And she goes, Oh, Waco is my favorite. And I was like, Oh, is it? Yeah. Nine Eleven <laughs> is my favorite. <laughs> I uh, I was fucking creasing. My um, one of my mates, he puts out some of the. He's he is like on a personal crusade on Facebook to call out everybody that posts like the Britain first and all kinds of racist and ridiculous conspiracy shit. Oh, yeah. He's on a personal vendetta against everybody. It's fucking hilarious. There was one someone had and like Pete, his mates have started tagging them, tagging him in um, like the comments of ridiculous like a uh, conspiracy theory pages and stuff. Yeah. And one of them popped up, and he cut, someone had um, it would, it likened how you know that um, tower in Dubai was on fire for like eleven hours. Yeah. Saying, oh, yeah, it was on eleven hours and it didn't fall down, whereas the twin towers were on fire for like forty minutes and they both fell down in seconds. And his comment on it was just, well, yeah, but the tower in Dubai didn't have a massive plane-shaped hole in the fucking middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just shit like that it's just he's just on a crusade a personal crusade it's fucking hilarious Ricky Gervais doesn't care if you're offended mate <laughs> Ricky Gervais is hip and cool two hours ago I'm offended by what you said I'm offended that you told me that I don't care I can say what I want there you go god like I don't know. He only told that joke so he could go on a rant about how he doesn't care if you're offended. To be honest, a lot of people are way too too easily offended nowadays, but... I think if you make a joke about, like, the Caitlyn Jenner thing, that's a really sensitive subject that is, at the moment, 
a really empowering movement for transgender people. Mm. And to be fair, I don't even think it, like his joke was offensive at all. It's I thought it was a shit joke. Like it's just a really yeah. easy, obvious shit joke. Like I don't know, but I, I think he could have done anything, and he went with that one specifically so that he could have this anti-political correctness rant. Mm. To be fair should have been arrested for, you know, murdering an innocent person, essentially, but, you know. Yeah, I didn't, like, I don't know the details of that case. Uh, basically drunk driving and vehicular manslaughter. Oh, so, basically got away from, uh, just because they're fa- she's famous. Well, she's part of the family that gets people out of murder charges. Yeah. Well, oh, Liverpool are one nil up. Huh. Time to close down all the sports-related things. Yeah, I've got um, I've downloaded an app at the beginning of the season that just sends me notifications whenever any of the anybody scores in the Premier League games. All right. And uh, so that's been depressing as a Chelsea fan this season. Yeah. <laughs> this is my favourite season ever of football. Like it's, it is, it is not mine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get that. Like. I, you know, I, I just I don't care about the teams that I support or anything anymore. I just mm. I like that it's fucking fun. Like I don't know. I like the yeah. I'm going to Leicester in uh, like eight days or something. Nice. I have enjoyed watching some of the games as like the neutral games though that I've been able to watch. Yeah. That Looking at Stoke game was fucking. Yeah. Hilarious. Watching the goals from yesterday's Man U game was hilarious as well. Fucking drum it, blasting one in from outside the box in the 90th minute. Fucking nobody saw that coming. Not even him. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, I was going through my phone book in my phone, fixing. Oh, Arsenal have equalised. By the way, um, I was I was putting in like um, rearranging my phone book by first and last name, and I've got your number in my phone, and you're now in my phone as Eldaro Nanti. So. <laughs> Nice. That gave me a good laugh. Yeah. As I was doing an incredibly boring task. (laughs) I listened listened to uh, one of the... Well, when I was listening back over and over and over to make sure everything was okay, and just the part where I started laughing at you saying, I just searched Elden Oro Nanti and it still comes (laughs) up. It's amazing. Ah... Jesus, I'm on theexaminer.com. The Ten of the world's most infamous cult leaders. Number eight, Michael Moore. Moore is the leader of the cult of non-believers. They thrive on misinformation, conspiracy theories, and good old-fashioned arguments in the face of evidence. <laughs> what? Uh, That's uh, gotta be a different Michael Moore. No way is that. Oh, God, it is. The Examiner, really? I thought they were better than that. Alright. Fuck it. <clears throat> enough with all the talk. Run it. Actually, no, not enough with all the talk. We need talk. Yes. <laughs> uh, episode 52. Is it go? <clears throat> yep. I just need to... Mm. Hmm. How's not drinking going? 